your boys, and we're back with another episode of the Tennis Podcast, your mom's favorite top 10 list podcast. I'm your host, Nick Amell. I'm your sidekick host, Brandon, coming at you this week with not a top 10 list, with a list of seven. Seven-ish. Yeah, we're doing a list of seven this week. Well, uh, real quick, tell the folks how the show works. The show works where one of us brings a list each week. It's usually around 10. Sometimes, like this week, it's not 10. The other does not know what that list is going to be, and they try to guess it live for your... Yep. I don't know what Brandon's list of seven is until he tells me. Which is right now. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to talk about the new Seven Wonders of the World. What in the fuck? I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Have you... There's a new Seven Wonders? Well, they're not like, no, none of you've heard of all of these. You're familiar with all these wonders of the world. So, the original Seven Wonders of the World, I think we're all vaguely familiar with. Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. Okay. Those were the Great Pyramid of Giza that was built by the Egyptians in Egypt. Allegedly. Uh, The Hanging Gardens of Babylon that dates back to 600 years BC. The Temple of Artemis which is uh, built by the Greeks, located in uh, Ephesus at the time, which is now in Turkey. The statue of Zeus at Olympia in Greece. Uh, This one I did not recognize by name, the mausoleum at Holocarnassus. Uh, It was built by both the Greeks and the Persians. The Colossus of Rhodes. I think we've all probably seen like a picture or depiction of the Colossus of Rhodes built by the Greeks. That a giant statue of a man that's each foot is on one side of like a cliff or um or like land. He's standing over like a of the of the sea, like oh, a channel of the sea. I yeah. have seen this. Yeah. And the last one is the Lighthouse of Alexandra, which was built in 280 BC by the Greeks and Egyptians, uh, and it was. Exactly what it sounds like, a big lighthouse in Alexandria, which is in uh, what's known as modern-day Egypt. So those are the original seven wonders of the world. You've, I'm sh- you've have to have heard the phrase "the seven wonders of the world" before, right? Oh, I I for sure have. That's why I was confused because I didn't know there was a new seven. Well, those were the ancient wonders of the world. In the year 2000, a campaign started by a company called the New Seven Wonders of the World mm. to choose the wonders of the world from a selection of 200 existing monuments. So it was an unscientific poll because it was web-based and it was possible for people to cast multiple votes. Now that said, this list, I mean, it is, I don't know if you can say it's definitive, but if you had to say, what are the seven wonders of the world that are existing right now? Uh-huh. This is them. You said it's a vote? Yeah. There was vote. a vote. So I'll give you now. There, so there's seven on here. I do have them ranked if we're interested in ranking them by oldest to newest. Okay. Now the newest one on the list was built in 1931. The oldest one on the list dates back to 700 BC. These are all man-made. Yes. They are all man-made. But like I said, the most recent one is 1931. So this really isn't about like you know, the tallest building in the world, like Burj Khalifa. These are old and significant historical monuments that are also, you know, wondrous in the way that they appear, whether that's their size or the way that they're constructed. Now, the Great Pyramid of Giza, which was one of the wonders of the ancient world and was ancient Uh at the time of like the Greeks and Romans, that's, that's a weird thought. It's still granted an honorary placement as a wonder of the world. So I'll, I'll start us off by talking about the honorary status granted to the Great Pyramid of Giza. 
Uh, it was constructed around 2560 BC, also known as the Pyramid of Khufu or the Pyramid of Cheops. It's the oldest and largest of the three pyramids in the Giza Pyramid Complex that borders present-day Giza and Greater Cairo, Egypt. It's the oldest of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and it's the only one of them to remain largely intact. Egyptologists believe that the pyramid was built as a tomb for the fourth dynasty Egyptian pharaoh Khufu over a 20-year period, concluding around 2560 BC. Now, it initially stood at 146 meters tall, which is like 481 feet. It was the tallest man-made structure in the world for more than 3,800 years. Mm -hmm. It weighs approximately 6 million tons, consisting of 2.3 million blocks of limestone and granite. Now, originally... Who counted all those? It's calculated. Yeah. Now, it was originally covered, you may know this, in limestone casing stones that they formed a smooth outer surface. What we see today is the underlying core structure, although a few of those casing stones can still be seen at the, the bottom of the pyramid. But is it like a different color? I think they were, they were lighter, like almost white. I'm trying to look, uh, see if I could find a picture of... Uh, While you're doing that, something that stood out to me is that this was made by man over just 20 years with, you know, no construction vehicles, no modern tools. I mean, they did have the aliens helping them. But other than that, I mean, 20 years isn't that long back then. No, it is why it's so amazing. I'm trying to see, yeah, it, it was white with possibly with like a kind of a goldish tip on the top. Me too. Am I right? It looks impressive now, but it probably looked like, can you imagine being like one of these just ancient people doesn't know like shit from, you don't know nothing. (laughs) And like, (laughs) then you see something like this. It probably was not quite as beautiful back then because there were all the dead bodies of all the slave workers strewn around the streets uh, leading up to the pyramid. But I get your point still. It is an amazing achievement of humanity. Well, scientists say that it was probably built by aliens. I mean, listen, I know it's fun and funny to make fun of the ancient alien guys, but there's some compelling questions. I'm just going to say it. And I'm not saying I believe one way or another. I'm just saying my mind is open to Hell yeah. alternate explanations. Your mind and your butt are open to alternate explanations. <laughs> always, always. There's three known chambers inside. The lowest chamber is cut into the bedrock, and it was an un- it's like an unfinished basement. And then there's a queen's chamber and a king's chamber higher up within the structure. And it is also known to be full of mummies and supernatural enemies. That last note is something... Can you go inside? I don't think so. I, think, I mean, if you're As like a, a researcher, yeah, but no, I don't think a tourist can go inside. And I did catch the supernatural enemies, for sure. So... That gives you an idea of the type of monument that we're talking about. Uh-huh. And there are seven newer wonders of the world. Can I ask a question? Yes. Who decided the original seven? Oh, I don't know. Fucking Socrates. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, the seven new wonders of the world as recent as 1931. Well? They're all huge tourist attractions, too. Is one the big Jesus in uh, Rio de Janeiro? The big Jesus. Christ (laughs) the Redeemer. (laughs) Okay. Christ. That's what I said. The Redeemer uh, is the newest wonder of the world. It was built 
1931, it's number seven on the list if you're going by oldest to newest. So Christ the Redeemer is an art... Why do you keep saying it like that? Christ! Because it's it's just funny the way it just says, Christ! The same way that I say it like I drop a hammer on my toe in the garage or something. Right. Christ the Redeemer was built in 1931. It's an art deco statue of Jesus Christ in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, created by Polish-French sculptor Paul Landowski and built by Brazilian engineer Heitor da Silva Costa. So it was constructed between 1922 and 1931. It stands 30 meters or 98 feet high, excluding Uh. its 8 meter or 26 foot high pedestal. And its arms stretch out 28 meters or 92 feet wide. Now, if you don't... It's on top of like a mountain, right? Yeah, it's also located at the peak of a 2,300-foot-tall Corcovado mountain in the Tejuca Forest National Park overlooking the city of Rio de Janeiro. It's seen as a symbol of Christianity across the world. It's become a cultural icon both of Rio de Janeiro and Brazil. It's listed as one of the new seven wonders of the world. Uh, It's made out of reinforced concrete and soapstone. Now, I don't know if you've seen its face and got to look at it, but Jesus looks kind of concerned or annoyed with what he sees in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, well, I can fucking imagine. Yeah. They do maintenance I work do on it uh, <laughs> constantly because of the strong winds and erosion that the statue is exposed to, as well as lightning strikes. Lightning has hit it before and like busted off pieces of its face and fingers, which is the coolest thing that's happened to it. Yeah. I love my Christ without fingers. The original pale stone is no longer available in a sufficient quantity, so the replacement stones are increasingly darker in color. Now, I have not seen Christ the Redeemer in person, but I have seen Christ of the Ozarks statue. So there are a list of like knockoff smaller versions of Christ the Redeemer, and one of them I have seen and been to, it's Christ of the Ozark statue. It's a monumental sculpture of Jesus located <laughs> near Eureka Springs, Arkansas, atop magnetic map. It's fucking face. Yeah. His face, he has this fucking stupidest look on his face. This Jesus' head is comically too large for his body. And his body is very block-like. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a flattering uh, rendition yeah, of Christ. Yeah, it's a very like minimalistic version of Jesus, but the face looks like he is stoned to the bone. (laughs) He fucking does. And I've seen him before in person. How tall is he? It stands 65 and a half feet tall, 20 meters. Oh man, it's a wonder. I wonder why this one's not as famous as the one in Rio. Yeah. Uh, So there you go. Number seven, new wonders of the world, Christ the Redeemer. So anyone wondering, I looked it up. Christ the Redeemer is 98 feet tall. And the Statue of Liberty is 93 feet, so roughly the same height as the Statue of Liberty. And well, maybe I'll guess, is the Statue of Liberty one? No. So why is Christ the Redeemer one, but Statue of Liberty isn't? I mean, aren't they like essentially, there's more detail work in the Statue of Liberty. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, are there any like buildings in the top, in the seven? Yeah. Okay. So uh, World Trade Center. No, all of these were built before 1931. That's the most oh, recent right, one. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. These are old things. Uh, the Eiffel Tower. No, the Eiffel Tower is not one of them. Is there something in France? No. Okay. 
Is there anything in the United States? No. Mm-hmm. Big Ben? No. What about the Thinking Man statue? No, it's not a wonder. It's a tiny little statue. I don't statue. fucking know. Well, I'm trying to... All, every uh, one of these things is fucking big. It's a wonder. When you walk up to it, you wonder, how the fuck did they do this? <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> People travel all over the world to visit these. The Berlin Wall. That fell in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bear with me here, people. This is the show. We do this shit live. Man. Give, uh, give me a... Uh, oh, uh, Stonehenge. That's a better guess, but Stonehenge is not on this list. The Sphinx. No. Uh, Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China is the oldest... I fucking knew it. Uh, ...wonder on this list. It dates back to 700 BC. The Great Wall of China is a series of fortifications built across the historical northern borders of ancient Chinese states and imperial China as protection against the various nomadic groups from the Eurasian steppe, the Mongols. <laughs> yeah. It stretches 13,171 miles. Now, the Great Wall of China is truly fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a goddamn wonder. Yeah. See, now, now you know the quality of wonder. And we got so close to building our own Great Wall of China on the border of Mexico. Uh, right. Got ruined. So, apart from defense, the purposes of the Great Wall have included border control, uh, allowing the imposition of duties on goods that were transported along the Silk Road, uh, regulation or encouragement of trade, and the control of immigration and emigration. The defensive characteristics of the Great Wall were enhanced by the construction of watchtowers, troop barracks, garrison stations, signaling capabilities through the means of smoke or fire and the fact that the path of the Great Wall also served as a transportation corridor. Mm -hmm. So, it is badass. Sections of the Great Wall around Beijing municipality are especially famous. Those are like the ones that tourists go to see. They are frequently renovated, and they're visited regularly by tourists every day. The Badaling Great Wall near Zhengjiaku, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. is the most famous stretch of the wall, for this is the first section to be open to the public in the People's Republic of China, as well as the showpiece stretch for foreign dignitaries. So if they're going to show off to Nixon in 1972, that's like where they take him. They take him to the, the bottling Great Wall because it's the, the best looking version. It saw nearly 10 million visitors in 2018, and in 2019, a daily limit of 65,000 visitors was instated. Huh. That's not even Disney World traffic. Now, most of it, you know, there's portions in North Beijing and the near the tourist centers. They've been preserved and even been renovated. But in many other locations, the wall is in disrepair. In some sections, it's just like, like you, there's no wall there. There's just like rubble you know, maybe rubble space like hundred, you know, a couple hundred yards apart in the jungle. Rubble stiltskin? It's been debated or maybe called like a myth that it's visible from space. Technically, the Great Wall is visible from a low Earth orbit with the naked eye, but it has to be under favorable viewing conditions and someone knows, has to know exactly where to be looking. It's not like you just glance down and be like, what the hell is that? Well, 
I think that's fair still though. I yeah. think you could still say that. But there's like, lots of other things uh, that you can also see from space. It's not, the Great Wall is not the only man-made structure that is visible from a low Earth orbit. Is it true that the workers that were building the Great Wall, if they died during building, they were, they were like baked into the wall? Oh, I don't know. I heard that somewhere along the way. I don't think so because it, it was built over so many different like generations by different states, by different like entities. Nah, probably It's not. interesting, right? A project like that, that like spanned generations, like that's not very common. Great Wall of China. Okay. Is that it on that? Yeah. So, you know the caliber of wonder we're dealing with here. Yeah, but I can't think of the Taj Mahal. I don't know how big that is. Yeah. Okay. Taj Mahal, Taj Mahal is a wonder. It's the number six on here. It's one of the more recent ones. It was it. finished in 1643 AD. Yeah, that's just like yesterday, basically. It is located on the southern bank of the river Yamuna in the Indian city of Agra. It's an ivory white marble mausoleum. It was commissioned in 1632 by the emperor Shah Jahan. Uh, to house the tomb of his favorite wife. He had more than one. Her name <laughs> yeah. was Mumtaz Mahal. Yes. It also houses the tomb of the, uh, Shah Jahan himself. The tomb is the centerpiece of a 17 hectare or a 42 acre complex, which includes a mosque and a guest house, and it's set in formal gardens bounded on three sides by, I can't pronounce that word, a fancy wall. Well, you need more culture. His wife died while giving birth to their 14th child. Nope. I'm saying nope as in uh, don't want that. Yeah. Why, how do the other wives feel when, you know, they don't get a Taj Mahal built for them? They didn't even get their own wiki article. We have no idea. <laughs> okay. One can assume they were silently upset. She died during childbirth and she had been accompanying her husband while he was fighting a campaign yeah, he was like fighting a war campaign and she died in childbirth probably in like some hot dusty tent somewhere. <laughs> so, after her death, he went into seclusion, kind of like the Big Lebowski. And yeah. he mourned for a year. And when he appeared again, his hair had turned white, his back was bent, and his face was worn. And he said, build me a ivory white marble mausoleum. Mm -hmm. Took more than 22 years to complete. It attracts more than 8 million tourists each year. And the last note I have on it, this is kind of interesting, there's a two-tier pricing system in place with a significantly lower entrance fee for Indian citizens and a more expensive one for foreigners. In 2018, the fee for Indian citizens was 50 rupees. For foreign tourists, it was 1,100 rupees. Oh, my God. Well, what does that come to, do you know? I don't know. Uh, okay, that's fine. Well, know. is that to enter? Yeah. Okay. You can only stay for three hours and then you get a, you're fined if you stay for longer than three hours. Huh. Which is good. Come look yeah, at no, it. Yeah, no, it's get great. Get your pictures and get the fuck out. Yeah, I wonder what's inside there. Dead people. Yeah, dead. Well, uh, it's just two dead people, right? Usually when a leader died back then, they, they were like, <laughs> if you were like, a butler or you did the king's laundry and the king died you were like oh fuck and they killed you too and then you had to go into his tomb with him to you know to serve him in the afterlife and did if you don't really believe happen? any of that that's shit, some bullshit <laughs> no it 
It absolutely happened. No, no, I'm saying not that I don't believe you. It's bullshit that that had to happen like that. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. Yeah, well, the entire terracotta army is in there. Those are like, <laughs> those are just people who were murdered because the emperor died and he needed pals in the afterlife. Yeah. Anyway, that's it on Taj Mahal. Extra, extra, read all about it. We're standing here at the corners of Peanut Butter Boulevard and Hot Dog Road, passing out the news. It's the Tennis Podcast monthly newsletter. And as long as you got eyes, it's 100% free. Sign up now to get our newsletter hand-delivered by our personal paper boys directly to your inbox on the first Friday of every month. Each newsletter contains the first look at upcoming episode topics, which means you'll know the list topics weeks in advance, helping you plan your life around our episodes. Plus, it's the only place to read Brandon's official blog, The Sidekick Corner. Brandon uses The Sidekick Corner to rant and rave monthly about what's going on in the world. Readers have called The Sidekick Corner everything from great to, yeah, pretty good. Not only that, but newsletter readers get exclusive behind-the-scenes notes and tidbits, monthly merch discounts, and more. Signing up could not be easier. Literally, all we need is your email address and a solely firstborn child. Take 10 seconds now and go to TennisPod.com slash newsletter to sign up and start getting your world news from Tennis Podcast. That's 10ishpod.com slash newsletter. We'll see you in your inbox. I'm starting to struggle here. Oh, what about that thing in Australia? What's that called? There's nothing like in op- Australia here. Right. Not the... Again, nothing newer than 1931. And now there's nothing newer than 1643. Is there anything in England? No. One of these is located in Jordan. One is located in Italy. One is located in Mexico. Italy. Italy is the Colosseum. Colosseum is the third oldest on the list. It was completed in 80 AD. So 80 years after Christ. our old pal Jesus Christ was born is when the Colosseum existed. And this is my favorite of all the wonders, new seven wonders of the world. I love Colosseum. Colosseum is an oval amphitheater in the center of the city of Rome, Italy, just east of the Roman Forum. It's the largest ancient amphitheater ever built. It is still the largest standing amphitheater in the world today, despite its age. Construction began under the Emperor Vespasian in AD 72. It was completed in AD 80, so just eight years to complete under his successor and heir, Titus. Colosseum is built of limestone, uh, volcanic rock, and brick-faced concrete. It could hold an estimated 50 to 80,000 spectators wow. at various points of its history uh, over the centuries, having an average audience of some 65,000. Could host a Super Bowl in there. Yeah, it's used for gladiatorial contests and public spectacles, such as mock sea battles, um, in which it would be filled with water and they would put ships in there, animal hunts, executions reenactments of famous battles, and dramas based on Roman mythology. The building ceased to be used for the entertainment in the early medieval era, and later was reused for such purposes as housing workshops, quarters for religious order, a fortress, a quarry, and a Christian shrine. And now it is strictly tourist attractions. Now it's a tour, yeah, tourist attractions. uh, You said they had ships in there. How how did they do that? How did they get the ships in there? Oh, it was early in its construction is when it was able to support that. But yeah, they rerouted aqueducts to fill it with water 
and had small ships built in there and had a naval battle. That's fucking wild. When it opened in AD 80, Titus held inaugural games. And Dio Cassius recounts that more than 9,000 wild animals were killed during the inaugural games of the amphitheater. Wow. Obviously, I'm not like a fan of, like, I don't want to see a bunch of like people and animals get murdered, but. Weird. It is pretty fucking amazing and awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. If there was a way to watch this stuff without the actual cost of suffering, I would be so into it. The Colosseum was used to host gladiatorial shows as well as a variety of other events. These gladiatorial shows called Munera were always given by private individuals rather than the state. They had a strong religious element or were also demonstrations of their power and family prestige. And they were immensely popular with the population. Another popular type of show was the animal hunt or Venatio. This utilized a great variety of wild beasts, mainly imported from Africa and the Middle East. You might remember from uh, Gladiator, they brought in all kinds of wild animals. Remember uh, that guy was mad because he sold him gay giraffes. You remember he squeezed that guy's balls until his eyes popped out of his head because he had sold him gay giraffes. Well, that's what you do when your balls are squeezed. Your eyes also squeeze at the same time. It's like one of those uh, stress relief figures. So, this could include creatures such as rhinoceros, hippopotamuses, Jesus. elephants, giraffes, barbary lions. Can you imagine lions, fighting a rhino to the death? Panthers, leopards, bears, tigers, crocodiles, and ostriches. Jesus. And these are fighting people, right? These were featured in animal hunts, but... Uh, let me continue. And yes, there's a little bit of both. Battles and hunts were often staged amid elaborate sets with movable trees and buildings. Such events were occasionally on a huge scale. Trajan is said to have celebrated his victories in Dacia in the year 107, with contests involving 11,000 animals and 10,000 gladiators over the course of 123 days, which is what, four, a little over four months. 11,000 animals, 10,000 gladiators. During lunch intervals, executions... <laughs> ad bestias would be stated. So, an execution ad bestias is executions by animal. Those condemned to death would be sent into the arena, naked and unarmed, to face the beast of death, which would literally tear them to pieces. Other performances would also take place by acrobats and magicians, typically during the intervals. (laughs) So, during lunchtime, you go like, Uh whatever, you get chicken strips and french fries and a dice cold dr pepper and then you go sit down and watch those who had been condemned to death sent out naked and unarmed to face fucking leopards if was it like a one-on-one thing like you'd one naked guy would fight one leopard or was it like a sea of wild animals i bet i you name it and i bet they did it yeah it's fucking crazy it's uh interesting that the pop the general population had such bloodthirst but I guess it's just part of their culture. Can't judge. No, I can't. Did they, uh, I mean, I guess they, they had to pay their way in, right? To watch? Yeah. The spectators? I think so. Uh, I'm sure and that so the, some of the events were free to the public. At, like the inaugural games, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big part of the reason that it existed was to keep um, the riffraff happy. Yeah. Okay, so you have three left. Okay. And... They are as old as 312 BC and as recent as AD 
1450. Mexico, Jordan, and what's the third one? One is in Jordan, one is in Mexico, and the other is in Peru. Peru. Located high in the mountains. I don't know if I'm going to get these. I mean, I might recognize them once you say them, but... They're like astoundingly obvious once you hear the name. (sighs) I'm thinking... It was constructed as an estate for the Inca Emperor Pachacuti. Oh, oh, uh, the the, uh, Machu Picchu? Machu Picchu. I fucking knew it. Machu Picchu is number six on, or I'm sorry, number five on this list. It was completed around 1450 AD. It's fairly recent. Like I said, it is located in southern Peru. On top of a an 8,000-foot-high mountain ridge, it's a 15th-century Inca citadel. Most archaeologists believe that Machu Picchu was constructed, like I mentioned, as an estate for the Incan emperor Pachacuti. Uh, it's often mistakenly referred to as the lost city of the Incas, uh, but it's the most familiar icon of the Inca civilization. The Incas built, built it around 1450, but abandoned it about a century later at the time of the Spanish conquest. Uh, It was not known to the Spanish during the colonial period. It was kind of kept a secret, remained unknown to the outside world until American historian Hiram Bingham brought it to international attention in 1911. Wow. So it was kind of hidden and tucked away for hundreds of years. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, it's mistakenly referred to as the lost city of the Incas. Well, it sounds like it was fucking lost for a while if... The outside world had no idea it existed until 1911. But were people living there, like residents? No, I don't, I don't think so. It so says maybe that's it, what they mean. It was abandoned uh, in the, like the late 1500s. It was built in the classical Inca style with polished dry stone walls. It has three primary structures. One I absolutely can't pronounce. It's called the Intihuatana. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The Temple of the Sun and then uh, another called the Room of the Three Windows. Most of the outlying buildings have been reconstructed to give tourists a better idea how they originally appeared. During when it was uh, being used as a royal estate, it's estimated that about 750 people lived there uh, serving as support staff. They were not all local. They had come from all areas uh, around Peru. Okay. There's not very much information about the human sacrifices that were done at Machu Picchu, although many sacrifices were clearly never given a proper burial. Their skeletal remains were dumped and succumbed to the elements. Wow. And there's evidence that retainers, which is what we were talking about before, retainers, I guess someone who you retain in their services in death, that were sacrificed to accompany a deceased noble into the afterlife. There were also sacrifices to the gods of animals, liquids, and even dirt uh, that were more common made at the altar of the condor. Sounds like this, like people were getting on to all kinds of shit in Machu Picchu. Maybe it's a good thing. The altar is there where they, like you can go visit it now. Yeah. How do you get up this fucking mountain to visit there? Very is there carefully. a road? I don't know. Mm. You got to walk up there. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's, you know. Because it's on this mountain. I don't know how they built this shit back then. It's just, I don't know how people fucking build things today, much less back then. The summary is we just don't know a lot of nothing. No, we don't. There's two left. I can't, hang on, we can't get through Machu Picchu without Kramer saying Machu Picchu 
while he's eating the chips and salsa in that store. Mmm, Machu Picchu. Remember? And he spills the, uh, like, um, <laughs> the, anyway. All right, Seinfeld fans out there know what I'm talking about. So, I have two left. Yes. One of them I don't think you'll get. Uh, you might recognize right. it, but I don't think you'll get it. It's the one in Jordan. Go ahead and tell me. Petra. Do you know about the ancient city of Petra? Is it spelled like it sounds? Yes. Dates back to 312 years BC. I'll tell you at the end here what you'll probably most recognize it from. Now, Petra is an historic and archaeological city in southern Jordan. The area around Petra has been inhabited from as early as 7,000 BC. The city is carved into the stone in a basin surrounded by mountains. Petra is a symbol of Jordan, as well as Jordan's most visited tourist attraction, with visitor numbers reaching a record-breaking 1.1 million tourists in 2019. In 2016, archaeologists used satellite imagery and drones and discovered a very large, previously unknown monumental structure that was dated back to at least 150 BC. So even just four years ago, they're still discovering large, previously unknown monumental structures around Petra. Now, what you might most recognize it from is that it has appeared in such films as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Arabian Nights, Passion in the Desert, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, <laughs> Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, The Mummy Returns, oh. and Tra Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. But most people I, would just say yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. But I think I also, in my mind, I can see the scene from uh, The Mummy Returns as well. But, you know, it's, uh, it is a cool, because I'm looking at pictures, it's all built into the stone, carved into mm -hmm. the stone. Pretty cool. And there's an amphitheater, too, in there I'm looking at. Uh, the way that you access it is through a very narrow and winding, what would you call it? But It's like steeper than a valley, like a gorge. Yeah, big, narrow, steep butt. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, a gorge but, and a butt, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that's really all about Petra. It's cool, but... It's, it's worth looking at the pictures if you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool little place. I'd put it above Machu Picchu in the coolness factor. Machu Picchu, if you take away the fact that it's on top of a mountain. It's not it's very just, exciting. Right. It's just the fact that it's on the mountain that makes it And so cool. the fact that the mountains are those like super tall, very tall and thin looking mountains. They look almost like Dr. Seuss style mountains. They're very tall and pointy rather than being like kind of stout. Right. Okay. So, there's one left. Okay. It's in Mexico. Yes. I'm sure I know it. What is it's it? It's in the state of Yucatan. Yeah, yeah. What is that called? Uh, Are you picturing it in your head? I know I'm going to know it as soon as you say it. What does it look like? I don't know. I don't have it in my head. You got nothing in but your head. But it sounds familiar. Well, like I know Yucatan sounds familiar. It's Chichen Itza. My brain is just so full of general knowledge that sometimes these that you don't get other fucking general. <laughs> Chichen Itza is not <laughs> obscure. Chichen Itza was completed in uh, around 600 AD. How do you spell it? Well, it's like chicken with an H instead of the K, and then I T Z A. Chichen Itza. It's a large yeah. pre-Columbian city, so it's actually not just the one um, like stepped oh, pyramid. Thing? I've yeah. seen this. So, the stepped pyramid is the most recognizable part of it, but it's actually a, f a full pre-Columbian city that's built uh, by the Mayan people of the Terminal Classic period, whatever that means. 
It's an archaeological site located in Yucatan state of Mexico. It's one of the most visited archaeological sites in Mexico with over 2.6 million tourists a year. Now, the temple that we all recognize or think of when we hear Chichen Itza is, is called El Castillo, or also known as Temple of the Cucucla. Uh, temple of the Chicken. A Mesoamerican steppe pyramid that dominates the center of Chichen Itza archaeological site. The pyramid consists of a series of square terraces with stairways up each of the four sides to the temple on top. Sculptures of plumed serpents run down the sides of the northern, I can't pronounce that word, balustrade. Around the spring and autumn equinoxes, the late afternoon sun strikes off the northwest corner of the pyramid and casts a series of triangular shadows against the northwest balustrade creating the illusion of a feathered serpent crawling down the pyramid. Is that intentional? Dude, I don't know. I think so. It does look kind of cool. I don't know how these fucking ancient Mayans even had the like geometry and architecture to build such a perfect shape. Uh, you know, fucking baffles well, listen me. Listen to this. Uh, they definitely knew their math. The Mayans, all four sides of the pyramid, have approximately 91 steps which when added together and including the temple platform on top as the final step, may produce a total of 365 steps. One for each day. The they don't account for leap year, to though. the number of days in the Hob calendar and is likely significantly related to rituals. It's 79 feet high with additional 20 feet for the temple on top. And inside... Yeah. What's in there? Inside actually sounds really cool. Uh, there's a really cool picture of this red jaguar uh, inside the throne room. It's kind of like a bench. At our local zoo, they have a bench inside the rainforest exhibit that looks very similar to this. It's red with like kind of green jewels for the eyes. Yeah. Scientists have figured out that the red paint on it came from very far away. It didn't come from anywhere near the Yucatan state. Aliens brought it. Yeah. So it's just interesting that like this red paint was like such a prized, you know, obviously it was a prize and it was brought all the way to the temple and used to paint this, um, this badass Jaguar throne seat. The Chichen Itza complex also contains a great ball court, which was used to play a Mesoamerican ball game. It's the, I think you've seen, probably seen pictures of it before. There's like a huge stone ring that's up on a wall. Yeah, and it, the, the complex contains lots of other structures too. But yeah, the most famous is the, is the stepped pyramid. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool thing. And you said the, the paint on that like jaguar bench is not local. No. It seems like it happens a lot in like ancient monuments and stuff. They find something that's from like impossibly far away showing yeah. that like that was brought there at great care and obviously they show great value for whatever it was. Yeah, that red paint was an example of that. It reminds me, uh, I feel like we may have touched on this at some point on the show, but there's, you know, dragons are depicted in many cultures at a time when cultures weren't talking to each other. That's always the go-to example in my mind. Also, there's, you know, common symbols carved and painted into various structures in different parts of the world that are very similar. So maybe there was aliens kind of, you know, taking uh, different culture, people from different cultures on joy rides to visit other cultures. You think it's possible? (laughs) 
I don't know if that happened, but I like I like the world better if it did. Okay. Real quick, we don't have to spend time on this, but like your 30-second answer. Yes or no, do you think it's possible aliens or ancient alien civilizations were influential in the building of any of these like ancient monuments and stuff? I wouldn't say influential like they helped like create the math or the architecture or even like, you know, move materials or anything like that. But I think people probably spent a lot more time looking at the sky and were obviously able to see a lot more stars and see a lot more going on in the sky because of lack of light pollution. So I would guess that a lot of like ancient structures and monuments and stuff were made with inspiration of of like um, some sort of celestial being. They probably didn't think of them as aliens, probably thought of it as like a god or whatever, but I'm sure that they had like some of those, the ideas in mind when they were building them. Yeah. Well, I did it. I successfully guessed in a row all seven new wonders of the world. Yeah, no mistakes. Let me uh, run through that list again here, and now I'm going to read them off from the most recent to the oldest of the new seven wonders of the world, the newest being Christ the Redeemer. Christ the Redeemer. Christ the Redeemer, Taj Mahal, Machu Picchu, Chichen Itza, the Colosseum, Petra, a Great Wall of China, And then finally, an honorary shout out to the long-lasting Great Pyramid of Giza. Was Giza, the Pyramid of Giza wasn't on the old wonders either? It was. Oh. It is on the original. Listen to this. So, the original seven wonders of the world. Yeah. Lighthouse of Alexandria built 280 years BC. Colossus of Rhodes, 292 BC. Mausoleum at Halicarnassus, 351 BC. Statue of Zeus, 466 BC. Temple of Artemis, 550 BC. Hanging Gardens of Babylon, 600 BC. So these are all between 600 and 280 BC. This is a 320-year period in which these were created. Great Pyramid of Giza, 2560 BC. Yeah. I don't... The pyramids were 2,000 years old when the next oldest ancient wonder of the world was built. It was already... And now they're um, still around today. You know... The, um, the guy, the Rhodes statue, what's that called? Uh, the Colossus of Rhodes. Yeah. If you're listening and you're not sure what that is, if you do a quick Google image search, you'll see it and you'll recognize it. Big tall guy with one foot on two different... You think if you were in a ship and you went underneath, if you looked up, you'd see his balls and taint? Well, you'd for sure see the taint. Balls. God, I would love if they took the time to construct the balls as part of that. My question is, how do they build that thing? I mean... It's built over a river. So, how did they... I know you don't have the answer, but like how did they... But they don't know because they also don't really have a great idea of exactly what it looked like or where it was located. They have some pretty good ideas, but nothing definitive. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. Give, give me the top seven or the seven. I just did. <laughs> oh, yeah. You did. Okay. The one that interests me the most in that if I could visit any of these and I've visited zero of them, I don't think you have either. I'd go to the Coliseum first. Yeah, I wouldn't go to the Coliseum. I'd go to Christ the Redeemer last by a big old margin. But I do love seeing his stone to the bone face. Yeah. He's not quite as impressive. We don't have to go see Christ the Redeemer because we can go see Christ of the Ozarks. In, uh, yeah, it's a much shorter Missouri. drive. Yeah, and a shorter <laughs> statue. <laughs> okay, well, we will end shortly. But before we do, let's knock out some podcast reviews. 
Every week, I read nice and not nice reviews from podcast listeners just like you. And the first one comes from our friends at the Familiar Foes podcast. They wrote, Nick and Brandon take turns choosing topics for their top 10-ish lists that cover, well, pretty much anything. But what makes this pod a fun listen aren't the relatable topics, but the host's ability to maneuver through lists at a healthy pace and with plenty of hilarious reaction. The raucous banter and sly jabs at one another are guaranteed to put a smile on your face. Brandon, how many times has a smile come across your face today during this episode with my sly jabs? Constantly. (laughs) Okay. You just constantly have a smile on, right? Yeah, my face hurts. (laughs) My cheek hurts. Well... That's a great review. Thank you for leaving that review. The next one comes from Taylor Music 68 on Apple Podcast. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. Jesus. With six exclamation points. If you need to sharpen up your knowledge for literally anything, listen to this podcast. I usually listen to true crime or court-related shows, but I found that this podcast helps me relax when I need to. I highly recommend listening. Brandon, you said you were smiling before. Are you also relaxed when you talk to me? Yeah, my shoulders are totally relaxed. Well, I like that uh, Taylor mentioned that you can sharpen up your knowledge for literally anything on this show. And I think that's true because I just educated our listeners on the seven new wonders of the world by myself. By way of having them told to you. You know how um, those kings and emperors, when they died, their servants were killed, (laughs) which is so unfair. Uh They were killed and buried with them. Do you think when I die, you'll be buried with me to be my sidekick podcast host in the next life? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. When I die, you better watch out because you might have a mob chasing you down. They know that I need my sidekick host in the afterlife. Oh, my God. Okay. You're not amused by that. All right. Well, if you want me to read your review on this show, go write a review and I'll read it. Brandon, I feel so energized to travel the world now. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry you can't do that because of the pandemic. That's all right. We will all get through this pandemic together and we will do that. Or will we? Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, I want to thank you for listening. And if you'd like more of Nick and Brandon, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TennisPod. And you can also visit us at the newly redesigned TennisPod.com. Sign up for a newsletter while you're there. And then we will see you next week for my next top tennis list on episode 124. That's that. That's that. See ya. Thanks.